This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. And we're good. False start there. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I had a window open on the computer where I have to record this on. And then I realized that I have to close it in order for me to record very complicated technical things i won't get into details all the radio stuff just happening right there on your computer that's that's big time pretty much i uh i apologize i actually held this up a little bit too because you were uh gonna go pee and i thought ah, it's probably a good time for me to go pee even though i don't really have to go and it was the longest pee that I didn't know I had to do that i think i've ever had like i was standing there like where the fuck did this come from Like, you think you'd feel it if you have to go that bad. Apparently, I did. But I just didn't even notice. It's weird. Uh, well, I'm glad morning, I could help you. Uh, re- no, I won't even. That's weird. Yeah, go ahead. You did not help me go pee. I Let's know. No, I right know. Now. I didn't want to try to take credit for your pee. I'm just, I'm glad that you uh, released that from your system. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> which, is also like, a weird, been... which is also a weird thing to say. I must have been, like, swimming on the inside. I had no idea. Didn't <laughs> feel any pressure. Uh, let's see here. Left-hander day today. National left-hander day. It's actually a big day as far as national days goes. It's national Prosecco day. I personally don't partake, but I know some people love it. Mm-hmm. National filet mignon day. Mm-hmm. I find that the most overpriced piece of steak you can get. It is so good, though. The way the keg does it, I enjoy. See, for me, I'll take a good old-fashioned ribeye anytime. Did I ever tell you the story about ribeyes? Oh, or rib steaks? No, I'm not sure that you have. I was at Gordon Ramsay Steak in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and they bring around the steaks. They've got the cart. You can select the steak you want. Then they take it back to the kitchen and cook it. And the waiter seemed to know a thing or two about steak, and I assume you do, to work at Gordon Ramsay Steak. And he said to me, trust me, go for the rib. And I thought, "Eh, I was looking at it. Yeah, I guess I could probably go for the rib. I don't need a T-bone or a tomahawk or anything like that. He said, yeah, yeah, do this one. I'll tell you why. Back in the day, butchers used to steer their customers away from the rib steak. They used to say it's an inferior cut of meat, and that was all a lie so they could keep the rib steaks themselves. So he said, butchers know the rib steak is the way to go. Oh. So I got it, and it was delicious. He was but, absolutely right. Now I get him anytime. Is I that can. a fattier cut, though? I'm so particular with steak, and I don't do it a lot. I actually try to avoid red meat for many different reasons. But when I do have a steak, and I do enjoy it, I need to know that I can eat everything. I don't touch the fat, that white shit, no thank you. So I'll enjoy, like, I'll, that's why at home, my husband barbecues an um, amazing, or smokes, I should say, I suppose-ish, uh, an amazing flank. And you can eat every single piece of that. I like that nothing goes to waste with that. That's what I like. Is it fatty? A rib steak is somewhat fatty. And chewy. Yeah, see, I can't. I can't do it. doesn't Never matter. Never chewy. It melts like butter. Once it's grilled, it's just perfect. Just perfect. Uh, okay, well, that was our weekly steak segment here on the <laughs> After 9 podcast. But if we have time, we should tell the story about the meat club. The meat club and the vegan club. Oh, you know what? We'll do it right now. Um, This guy posted on Reddit, and it it became an HR issue. 
I hate HR. Oh, my God. Those people drive me nuts. There's just such a fuck. They're like the fun police. But anyway, uh, <laughs> if HR heard me say that, there'd be another meeting. <laughs> HR got involved in this one because this guy did not think it was right that his coworkers formed a vegans only club in their office. So he thought, well, fuck that. I'm going to create a meat eaters only club. <laughs> and then the vegans filed a complaint with HR. Let me read you the, the quote from the complaint. The meat club is, quote, exclusionary, offensive to their lifestyle, and eating meat is not a lifestyle. Mm. HR disagreed. They ended up approving the meat club. And now, once a week, the members of the meat club go out to either a burger or steak place for dinner to hold their weekly meeting, which is good. The vegans don't like it at all. Why? But it's really created a divide in the office because now people have to choose sides. Uh, Oh, shit. I am a meat eater, but I really think the vegan over there is hot, so mm, I don't know what to do. That sort of shit. People are like choosing sides and and it's getting very territorial between the meat eaters club and the vegan club. And I'm still struggling to understand why anyone would want to join a club at work. This is the part that I think gets lost because you'll automatically have your opinion, which I did the first time you told the story. I thought, come on, man, like vegan only club and then a meat club. Like, first of all, who cares what club who joins? Go join whatever club you want. But it doesn't mean you have to go harass someone who has different beliefs than you on any level, whether it's food, whether it's a sewing club, who gives a shit? And also, do we need to have clubs at work? No. Why are we just focusing on our fucking work? How little do you have going on in your life that you joined the meat eater club at work? Like, yeah. that's pretty fucked up. I, I, I don't know what they do other than sit around and joke about meat. Is it like, oh, this one's a little raw. They could put it back in the fields. Like, is it all shit like that for an entire dinner? Or do they discuss other things? I have no idea. But either way, it's dumb. <laughs> it's really like, dumb. I feel like you probably, if you have that many clubs that you start to have fight about clubs, you have to take a look at the work that you're doing. I don't know if this is an office setting or if it's a factory. I don't know what they do, but obviously it must be pretty mundane if they need to do things like weekly meetings about being a vegan or, you know, whatever, just to kind of make it excitable to go to work. Like, oh, I can't wait to go to work and talk to Shirley about what she made last night for dinner. Like, it, maybe maybe you don't really like what you do. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. But maybe you don't really like what you do if you're really fucking jacked about a, really a club at work that has nothing to do with your work. Why don't you just focus on work? I don't get it. I totally agree with you. Have you ever watched or participated in a school board meeting? Oh, God, no. That's something that I will avoid as much as as much as possible. A a lot of people, I, I think, maybe might not understand that when we hold municipal elections, you vote for counselors and regional counselors and mayors and school board trustees. Well, those trustees have a lot of power and they're a big part of the school board meetings. And although I don't typically uh, give a shit, I decided yesterday, because they were discussing the back-to-school plan, I decided I would watch the Halton Catholic District School Board meeting because it was available on YouTube. It was a Zoom meeting that they made available to everybody because they are public meetings. These are elected individuals. And my biggest takeaway from watching it was, I don't know how the hell these people got elected. 
They were some of the rudest people I have ever heard or seen in my entire life. They did nothing but chew out their own staff, the senior administrators, and and they argued with each other. And it went till 2 a.m. It started at 730. It took them almost an hour to approve the agenda for this meeting. Wow. A completely, completely ridiculous, useless, ineffective system. I, You know, I when I run, and I know I say this all the time, when I eventually run, there's going to be changes. And that's going to be one of them because it was a fucking waste of time. Holy cow. I didn't even watch the whole thing. And I could tell that this is just, it was almost toxic watching the thing it was messed up i don't know i find with with those kind of board meetings sometimes they do certain things to kind of justify what they do you know what i mean so that they can look back and be like well we've had to meet on certain things when really you're 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 right and that meetings that took four you know we were there for four hours discussing this yeah but it, it didn't go anywhere it wasn't actually proactive at all that's the thing the the they Get nothing done except spin around in circles. I'm really not sure the people are being served all that well based on what I saw last night because it was contentious and they were rude. And I don't know what the staff is supposed to think. I mean, they're running the school. They're the experts in education, but they've got to take their direction from these elected individuals. And I'm not even sure what their qualifications are. But I'll be honest with you, uh, watching this last night, it, it was embarrassing. I mean, at times it was like really, really cringeworthy. Just a joke. Um, back to the National Days for a second, because we got distracted there on the whole steak topic. It's National Left-Handers Day. I don't trust lefties. I, Why? Because <laughs> they're different, I and that's mean, what we do. We single out people that are different. Are you in a no-left-handers club? <laughs> you want to start one let's start one um, well, it's funny we talked about it on our fm radio show today and we had a lot of people that that, that you would almost think that they were celebrating new year's eve they're like yeah it's about time we got our day and this is going to be great and people got to stop picking on us but as a golfer a right-handed golfer it's very very weird when i see a lefty stand up there because it feels like I'm going to get hit with the ball and everything's got to shift around. If I'm in um, a car with a lefty, I shift gears with my right hand. They still shift gears with their right hand, even though they're left-handed. The whole thing is a little weird. But somebody, it might even have been you actually, pointed out to me that if you're in a relationship, we'll call it a mixed relationship. <laughs> like myself and my husband, yeah. You and your husband. He's a lefty. You're right-handed. You can't sit beside each other unless he's on the right side. No. And we know it. And and it took a while in the beginning of our relationship. I remember if we do, and it's usually just when we're out in groups, obviously. We don't sit next to each other, you know, otherwise, like at a restaurant. That's stupid. Actually, Um, he would have to be on your left side, would he He'd have to be on my left side. And it's a thing that we, we, once we realized in our relationship, it's just always been a go-to thing. So if we sit at a dining table to to eat at, you know, at grandma's house or whatever we did, it would always be a, oh, no, we'd automatically know before we sat our butts down, like, you can't sit there. Let's move. And we'd have to switch positions. And nobody, or he'd have to sit at the end because everyone else was right-handed. He had to sit at the end of the table on the far left side so that he wouldn't interrupt anybody's meal and elbow them during the meal. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're just bumping into each other and constantly uh, leaving each other with bruises when you sit on Basically, the wrong side. Basically, it got very abusive until we realized, well, why don't we just switch positions? 
<laughs> Very abusive. <laughs> Is there any advantages to having a righty and a lefty in a relationship? Um, Must not, be something in the bedroom. Not no. <laughs> not really any advantages necessarily. Um, but I do think. Listen, I do think that they do have disadvantages being left-handed sometimes. I mean, you mentioned it. So shifting gears and stuff. They're not using used to doing that with their right. But guess what? You have no choice. That's going to be the hand that you're going to use to shift gears in a car. So suck it up and learn it, whether you like it or not. I know some people have issues with scissors. I don't know if that's actually that big of a deal. But sure, because you're 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 in control with your right hand doing your scissors. And when you're right-handed, that's fine. But when you're with your left hand, some scissors are built a certain way. I don't understand how that's a thing, though. I've heard scissors so many times, but I, they can't possibly that big be that big of an issue. It is a big issue. If, if you are right-handed and try and cut with left-handed scissors, or no, if you're left-handed and try and cut with right-handed scissors, it doesn't work. You've got scissors in your kitchen drawer, probably. Try and cut with your left hand. It's messed up. And I can't explain why, but it is. I don't know. I, I, you know what? Good on you. I'm glad you have a day. There's a day for pretty much everything. Why not have a, a day for left-handed? I don't know what you're going to do with that day. All the left-handed shit. I, all the lefties. All the lefty shit. Enjoy your left-handed shit, lefties. <laughs> Good on you. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA bubble because they're about to burst it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this case, they're going to start letting the players have family or close contacts stay with them in the bubble. This is basically, if you consider the NBA right now a prison, this would be the equivalent of a conjugal visit. Except it's not just screw and leave, it's they're staying with you. That's right. And we've learned the rules, we've learned more details about it, because at first, I don't know if you remember... This Instagram model had said, well, one of the players already trying to burst the bubble and trying to convince me to come. But then she clarified later, just so you know, five weeks from now, so this was five weeks ago it happened, they're allowed to have people in their bubble. And that's when people said, oh, interesting. But you're just kind of a fling, though. You don't know this guy. So here's where the rules come into play. Non-family members must have long-standing relationships and those without an established pre-existing personal known relationship won't be allowed in. Do you think that wording is good enough to steer away from any hookups, Tinder, Instagram, no matter what it is? Mm, well, I just don't know how they're going to prove it. And I'm pretty sure the players have a strong will to get laid. So I'm going to say, no, it's not a foolproof system here. Yeah, you'd have to, You, by the way, being, so let's say that you are the party that is invited. Let's say I was invited into the bubble. And for some reason, I passed that non-family member. You do have to do a lot of things. Guests have to be required to quarantine for seven days. They're going to get tested. Then they're going to take a charter flight to Orlando. They're going to quarantine for four more days on the Disney campus. They'll have to be tested again. And players can have up to four guests. This is the weird part. Children don't count as long as they're under 32 inches. Well, people under 32 (laughs) inches can't catch the coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's science, you know. Why are they shoving all of those people in small little like, oh, they'll, they'll get the closet. So as long as they're under 32 inches, they're going to fit right there. You can't ride the rides and you can't catch COVID-19. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why 32 inches and not like two and under. Like that makes more sense. Like, okay, two and under don't count. All right. Uh, whatever. So those are the basic rules. Longstanding relationships, though. I feel like there's a lot to play with there because you could have had a DM relationship with some chick that was your side chick for a long time. So technically that could count.
Okay. And then where the hell have they been? What if you just had a long-term business relationship with that escort agency, but not necessarily (laughs) with that particular girl? Would that count? You know that this will be called out, though, because there are – I shouldn't say there are NBA players that are taking this seriously so lax. We know. There are players who want this fucking title, and people like LeBron James don't fuck with people like LeBron James. Everyone on that team, everyone on any team – they know that they're going to be under the microscope and people will know who they bring into the bubble. So they'll really run a risk of pissing off their teammates and the entire NBA because it's not just their teammates that are going to be at risk. If you bring in some straggler that has COVID, uh, but again, they'll be tested. So I assume it's going to be safe. But Hopefully you're... they test them for more than COVID. I mean, if they're doing tests anyway. <laughs> what else could we be spreading around this bubble? I don't know. I, I'm interested to see. I, I hope that they... Even if it's internally, they kind of publish who's there. Because they should all be aware, in my opinion, of who is in that bubble with them. Is it wrong to suggest that maybe they do that at least? Don't make it known to the media. You don't have to put it out there for the public. But let it be known to the players, each player's uh, invited guests. Let them know, hey, you know what? Their wife is here and son is here. How great is that? Or, hey, uh, this person's mom is joining them in the bubble. How sweet is that? Oh, this person is bringing whoever, Trixie, McGee. Like, oh, shit. Oh, Trixie McGee's going. Trixie McGee's going, and we all know she's she's one to watch out for. But I don't know. I don't know what they're planning to do. (laughs) At least they have a lot of testing and a lot of quarantining, and we'll see. It's it's been great so far. So let's hope for the best. Hopefully, they're distancing people based on their current situation. Because you know, I'm thinking about poor. Kyle Lowry, he's a good family man. Maybe the wife and kids are coming to stay with him at Disney, and that'll be a real cool experience for Kyle. But then if Kyle ends up in a room right next to, like, say, uh, I don't know, Boucher or something like that, and he's just going hog wild because he's got his girl there and nothing to interrupt him, and they're doing it at all hours of the day, that's probably going to get pretty loud for Kyle and his wife when they're trying to sleep, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I'd imagine they're, they have a... Well, it's, it just looks like hotel rooms, so I'm not sure how they're going to do that. When we saw inside the bubble at first where the Raptors were in that hallway, it basically it's a hotel. That's basically what it looks like. So are some of them going to be able to upgrade to suites, or are the family members going to move into other suites, but the players are going to stay in the rooms where they're at? There's a lot of questions there and i'm not sure we have answers or not speaking of the bubble i'll I'll tell you a personal story real quick um the ncaa is canceling a lot of fall sports it looks like there's not going to be college football this fall they're going to try and do it in the spring if that's even possible i don't know but either way it doesn't look like there's going to be much of a fall ncaa season as you know uh, my son is an ncaa athlete he plays lacrosse and he's down there right now but because he's a canadian He's considered an international student. So he had to go down for school over a week earlier than everybody else because the school is making him quarantine at a hotel down there. He has to stay there and stay in his room for a week and they'll bring him meals once a day. All three meals get delivered at once around noon. And he says it's like prison food. He said it's not even edible in some cases. So he's stuck in this dirty hotel down in the States right now quarantining because he's an international student. And in six more days, he's going to get tested. Then he has to wait for the test results to come back. And he has to have two negative tests 48 hours apart before he's allowed on campus. Again, because he's a foreigner. 
However, if you're American, there is no requirement whatsoever to quarantine or even self-isolate no. before you walk on campus. How does that make sense? They are they are worse than us. They are You know, I'm really more- starting to think the Americans don't understand what's going on. Wow. You know, wow. you're you're talking about somebody who's coming from a province where we have 14 and a half million people. And less than a thousand active cases. Your son is way more likely to unfortunately get sick from one of those people than he is to spread anything coming from Canada. That astounds me. That astounds me. When he got there, uh, he phoned me to say, hey, I'm here, checked into the hotel. I'm in jail for a week. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. And I said, okay, just out of curiosity, like if you stopped for gas or if you picked up some snacks or something like that on the way, was there a lot of people wearing masks? He said, if he saw 10 people... Maybe three of them were wearing masks. Wow. Well, and here's why. And here's why we have the issues we have. And this is why he can't play the sports that he wants to be playing, right? Yeah. Because of their damn issues. You know, it's just funny that they think the rest of the world is a clear and present danger. And we're all looking at them thinking, "Mm, you're not coming to our country anytime soon. Oh, that reminds me, though. Uh, I guess soon we'll be getting our update on whether or not the border's reopening. Do you oh, think Trudeau's no going to go one more month, or do you think he's going to open oh, it back up again? fucking right. He better do one more month. We better do one more month. Yes, at least. At least. Are you kidding me? They're terrible. I don't want to open that border at all. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I can't see a case here to reopen it other than maybe he can use that as some negotiating to get those aluminum tariffs lifted. But either way, it seems like a dangerous situation, as is. I think it was like, what, 500 people a day on average – cross into Ontario from the states. Mm-hmm. 500 a day are crossing a border that's closed. Yeah. Once they actually open the border, mm, we we could see people coming up here in the thousands and we likely will. And the people that are going to get hurt the hardest are the people in Sarnia, Detroit, and Niagara Falls. Yeah, because the Americans will come up, they'll buy our cheap gas, they'll buy some cheap groceries because our dollar is shit. And then they're going to go home and leave their COVID all over the place. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Very stuff. Oh, by the way, uh, it's very rare you hear this from the Doug Ford government, but they're saying that the budget deficit is double what they initially projected. The finance minister had initially said the budget or the deficit would be about $20.5 billion at the end of the 2020-2021 fiscal. They're now expecting it's going to be around $38.5 billion. And they're not done yet. There's $13 billion still to be spent on various programs, and they're anticipating $5.7 billion less in revenue from taxes and other revenue sources because of the pandemic. Wow. It's kind of nice to know the government has the same problem as the rest of us. Way too much going out and not nearly enough coming in. Mm -hmm. Not nearly enough. But uh, hopefully they can get it under control because when you hear numbers like that, you start to think to yourself, holy shit, we will never get out of this hole. It's pretty bad. Uh, The pandemic is having another effect, too. They're saying with um, COVID and the restrictions and so on and so forth, 
Less than half of millennials are definitely planning to stay in a big city. 37% are considering moving away to the burbs as early as this year. Hmm. 16% say they aren't sure. So the 37% could actually go a lot higher. If we have to go back into lockdown, if there's a second wave, would you rather be, I don't know, in Waterloo region where you've got a backyard and you've got parks down the street and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Or would you rather be in a downtown condo? Oh, no kidding. Where you need to take the elevator to get down to or oh, to get up to the thirty seventh floor. Oh, absolutely. I would I, want the farthest. I want, want the farthest away from that. I, I always felt bad for those people who were kind of trapped in that shoebox, and that's kind of what it was like for a long time for a lot of people because the effects, not just physical but mental, that you go through having to do that, and when you do go out, if you have any kind of anxiety. I could imagine it would have been amplified around people and you'd be worried, but there's people everywhere. You cannot avoid them there. So I, yeah, I would get the fuck out of the city. Absolutely. I have three stories of people getting unruly at restaurants right now, and they all have to do with masks and, and distancing restrictions. First off out of Ohio, how do I pronounce this? Bayou Cyrus is where it is. Hmm. Bacchus Cyrus somewhere in Ohio. They have a Burger King down there that apparently follows the McDonald's model, and they only serve breakfast at breakfast. And then they serve burgers after 11 a.m. Well, a 41-year-old woman, her name is Sunny, walked into that Burger King at 9 a.m. She wanted a Whopper. Am I crazy? Whopper at 9 a.m. seems like a little too much, right? Well, for sure. I mean, I know there's people who have shift work. I mean, even you and I have weird hours. But even that said, I probably wouldn't go for a Whopper at 9 a.m., Employees told her, oh, sorry, we're only serving breakfast now. It's our simplified menu during the pandemic. That's just the way it is. She didn't like that. She went on a yelling and swearing freakout uh-huh. to the point where they had to call the cops and have her removed. You don't need to kick up that big a fuss over not being able to get a hamburger at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Was alcohol involved? You know, I have to think it was. It seems weird that someone would walk into Burger King looking for hangover food at 9 a.m. still drunk. Yeah. But I can't see other any other excuse for this. It's crazy. Now there's video footage released of an incident that occurred at a Wendy's in Tampa, Florida on Sunday. It shows a customer climbing through the drive through window <laughs> and then throwing various items at workers and attempting to grab the cash drawer. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office shared the footage on Facebook. The suspect has been identified as a 26-year-old named Kelvin Barnes. In the footage, it appears there are several other people in the car with him, watching the whole thing unfold. One of them tries to push him away from the window when Wendy's tried to shut him out. A Wendy's employee told deputies... That he and his unidentified passengers became belligerent while placing their order and got out of the car. And that was when they decided, you know what? Fuck it. We're going in. And we're not even using the door. We're going through the window. What were they so angry about, though? You know, that's a great question. It uh, doesn't say here in the story what the initial confrontation was about. I think, though, based on what I'm reading, it was just taking too long to get their food. It's true. Fast food orders are taking longer than they used to. And I'm told that that has a lot to do with employees trying to follow protocols right. inside the restaurant. Right. 
listen, everybody, this is a completely unreasonable response <laughs> to a fairly reasonable situation. I'm going to come in and make it myself. <laughs> Fuck you. I know how to make a burger. Watch this. It's not like that. You don't have to go through the window. It must have looked like fucking Winnie the Pooh trying to climb through the drive through window. Throwing stuff at staff, and then he thought, well, since I'm here, I might as well pinch the cash drawer. He couldn't even get the cash drawer open. Like, shit. <laughs> you people need to be better prepared. And I actually feel bad about this one. It's in Baton Rouge. It's about a 17-year-old hostess at a Chili's location who got beat up by a mob of older women because she tried to do the right thing. Again, this happened on Sunday. Group of women walked in and they requested a table that could accommodate their entire party. You know, sometimes restaurants will will move together a couple of tables so that you can get your whole group all at once. Yeah. Well, the 17-year-old girl said, sorry, that's not going to be possible. The general manager has set out a policy forbidding seating any parties larger than six at the same table. They want people distanced in their restaurant. But the women... And there were about somewhere between 11 and 13 of them became increasingly upset. One of the women pushed this 17 year old girl. Oh, my God. So the girl says, I reacted. It was instinctive. I pushed her back. Then this mob of women jumped her. One of them pulled a fistful of hair out of the back of her head. <gasps> oh, my another God. one grabbed one of those yellow wet floor signs And smacked her in the face with it. What the... This escalated quickly. Yeah. You can see the picture of this girl on scottandcat.ca right now. She got roughed up, and I feel real bad for her. She says, as I'm laying in the ER, this keeps replaying in my head. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe I'm trying to work, and this happened to me. Now, the women left the restaurant before police arrived, but authorities were provided with surveillance footage of the attack a rep for the Baton Rouge PD was not immediately available to confirm whether any of the assailant assailants had been apprehended. However, um, Fox News says the investigation remains ongoing. Well, we're losing our minds, aren't we? Well, I shouldn't say we, but it's mostly in certain parts of the country, of the United States of America, that seem to be losing their minds. I mean, we've had our share of stupid shit, but that is just taking it to another level. This is a mob of between 11 and 13 women that beat the shit out of a 17-year-old girl because she wouldn't put tables together for them. Wow. And it wasn't even her policy. Newsflash, that thir- uh, that 17-year-old doesn't make the rules for chilies. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Although I will tell you, when America reopens again, when the border is good, I miss chilies. That's a great little restaurant for happy hour. Cheap beers and, and some uh, semi-good Tex-Mex food. Yeah. They actually do happy hour there. That's what I do. That's what I like. Because here you you might find a place that does happy hour, but the deals are not the same. I was at a bar. It's called the Palermo, and it's right where Milton, Burlington, and Oakville meet. It's at Bronte and Dundas. So I don't even know if it falls into Burlington, Oakville, or Milton. I'm not sure. But I was there about a week and a half ago, and they have a happy hour. I couldn't believe it. She said, uh, okay, or she didn't even tell me what they have on tap because they got a lot of different beers on tap. But she was telling me about their food specials. And then she said, and if you want Coors Light or Canadian, we're doing 20-ounce uh, drafts for 4 bucks until 5.30. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. You know what? 
pour me one and then pour me four more and leave them in the fridge because <laughs> we're getting close to the end of happy hour. That's a rite of passage in America. It's true. When happy hour is almost over and you stock up to make sure you've got some to keep you going. That's right. <laughs> uh, trying to think if there's anything else we got to cover in this podcast. Um, personal hygiene. We'll do this one quickly and then we'll wrap it up for today. How often do you shower? Yeah, so I shower probably every uh, it's every other day unless I have an event or something to do or I feel gross. Like this humidity and stuff like that, I'm more likely to shower you know, every day, even if it's just a quick one. But full on, wash my hair, wash my body every other day. 60% say they shower at least once a day. 60%. 35%, so more than one in three, only shower every other day. But you say that you're in that category when we're not in the hot months. Yeah, like if it's a hot, sticky day and I do spend a lot of time outside um, in the heat, yeah, absolutely, I'll, I'll shower. But I don't necessarily, I don't consider it a shower if I'm jumping in, doing a really quick wash, not washing my hair, and then I jump out. Because that's different to me. That's not really a full-on shower. But I wash my hair fully and do everything else that I need to do in the shower, full loofah, the whole bit, <laughs> the whole bits and pieces every other day. You've got all the paraphernalia coming out. Exactly. All the, shit. All the, pu- the pumice. <laughs> get my pumice stone and get the, the loof out and the exfoliant. Absolutely. Do you always wash your hair? So, again, so it, yes, only if you call it a full flat shower. But for example, if I jump in the shower, no, I got to tie it back because I have really long, super thick hair. It stays wet for many, many hours. So, if I am doing something or going somewhere, I just tie it up. Go hop in the shower, and then I, I don't wash my hair. So you don't have a shower cap or anything I like don't that? have a shower cap, no. I've never really found the need for it, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I'm, I can pretty, I can put my face in there, and it's fine as long as my hair is up. And I don't, it, my, my, the spout of my, my shower isn't that insane where it's going everywhere and my hair is going to get wet. It's not that bad. Do you wash your feet? So especially in the summer, yes, I do. Because I do tend to find that it gets a little dirty on the bottom of your feet if you wear flip-flops or open-toed shoes like I do all summer. Gross. That's when it gets, well, it does. It gets, that's just natural. It gets dirty. If you're walking on the ground or you end up, I don't know, walking in on the sand or in mulch, right? I go to, well, I don't really go to playgrounds anymore. But, you know, like you go out and you do things. So, yes, I make sure to wash my feet just to make sure it doesn't look dirty. I don't want to say dirty. Like, it's not that bad. But you know what I mean. Off topic, I wonder what people with foot fetishes are thinking right now. Did we? Did they just hit the fucking jackpot listening to this podcast when we started talking about feet that are dirty and clean? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they did. Listen, when I you said sick pu- fuckers, when I this said, is not for you. You go back to googling pictures of feet. When I said pumice stone, they must have fucking blew their load, eh? Uh, oh. <laughs> she pumice stoned it. Wait a minute. Thirty-eight <laughs> percent say no. They don't wash their feet. They figure the soap dripping down, gravity doing what gravity does, is good enough to clean their feet. No, you've got the whole paraphernalia. You already said that. You've got the stones and you've got the loofahs. I do. And you've I, got have the the pet egg. I have the pet egg for post-shower, too. Really? You yeah. put all that effort in? Yeah, I do. Pee because I shower. wear open-toed shoes, though. I think it's rude if I don't take care of my feet and I'm going to wear open-toed shoes. So there's got to be polished and it's got. I, I have everything. It is rude. That's a good way to put it. You ever pee in the shower? I've done it before, sure. How does it work with a girl? Do you just like 
flat out let the piss go or do you like squat down or do you at least like open your legs a little bit or how do you pee I don't in the shower but point. it doesn't run down your leg? I don't think there'd be a point in squatting down. And I mean, you're in the shower anyway. So what's the point in squatting down and, and going if it's just like you just wash your body after the fact? Again, I don't, this isn't something I often do. I should make that clear. Uh, there's a toilet beside my shower. If I have to pee, I go pee and then I shower. That's how it happens. That's the order it happens in. But I've done it before. And no, I don't think I've ever squatted. <laughs> no. One of the reasons I really like the master bathroom that I have right now is I can actually pee from the shower to the toilet. What? I can reach. Yeah. It's really, you really fucking close. fucking animal. You pee from the shower into the toilet? You'd rather, if I have to go and I'm in the shower... Look, I don't keep my opinion. Pee on I my do- feet <laughs> than just pee in the toilet, which is right fucking there? But it, mid-shower, you just stop? How, how long is your shower that you need to take a fucking shower break, turn around, open your swing open, I'm assuming your shower door, or pull open the curtain and piss from the shower? Can't you just wait a fucking minute until you I'm go to the I'm not saying I do it every day. I'm just saying I can if I want to. <laughs> I can reach. I've got a pretty good arc. You can do whatever. And- the, look, you can do whatever you want in your own house. I just think that's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. Like, just pick one or the other. Piss in the shower if you're in the middle of a shower, and if not, wait until you're done, and then pee in the toilet. I'll get the floor wet in that case. You though. probably look like a fucking fountain, just pew, like out of Seriously. your shower. Yeah, it's like I should be in a in a fountain in Rome, like just pee. I but get- like I said, I have a pretty good arc, so I can hit it. It's great. Really, really good. I can't. I can't unhear that. Two thirds of people do admit that they pee in the shower, and I'm going to say about a third are lying. Mm-hmm. I think most people do. It just seems like a common sense thing. Okay, there's a toilet right there that costs money every time I flush it, or I'm already running water now in the shower, and it's all going to the same place. Why don't I just pee in the drain? I don't see the problem with it personally. Go ahead and do it. Go take a shower when you're done listening to this podcast. Have a pee and tell me if you feel any different. Go ahead. <laughs> Somebody's gonna. We're gonna get a DM about. Oh, Oh, hundred percent. You'll get a DM. <laughs> you might. You make a DMs you didn't actually ask for. <laughs> How often do you change your sheets? Uh, so I do that laundry. I'm pretty meticulous with the laundry because there's four of us in my house, so I'm always doing laundry. You, that's a biweekly thing. It's every other Friday. I pull off all the sheets and do them. One in four do it once a week. 30% less than once a month. Okay, I mean, if you're sleeping on the same sheets at the end of August that you put on at the beginning of August, you're really pushing the amount of... Of, of grace period you've got there. You should probably be. I, I've read numerous studies on this, and some people recommend once a week. Some people say every other week. I, I can't see anybody thinking it's okay to sleep in the same sheets for over a month. If people understood how much their skin falls off their body or hair or anything like that and other things that may crawl onto your bed or live there and secrete from your body. Yeah, I said secrete. You would probably be more likely to wash them more than than the maybe once a month than than some people do. That's crazy. How often do you change your underwear? Okay, so that's every day. Okay, minimum, Good. minimum. Good. If I change my outfit, I'll usually change my underwear. If I have a shower midday, obviously you change your underwear. Otherwise, you're a fucking animal, right? 
You are an animal. If you put dirty underwear on a clean body, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. We are big advocates for clean body, clean underwear, period, the end. 13% don't always change their underwear every day. 13%. Mm. What I'm trying to figure out, though, is did you just not shower in that time? Or did you wake up and think, well... I wore the inside, but if I flip them inside out, they're good again because they're clean on the outside. Was it something like that? Or did you did you put dirty underwear on a clean body after you had a shower? Like, I've got questions about this. 13% don't always change their underwear every day. You, you wonder how those numbers look, especially with people working from home. Because the numbers before might have been like, yeah, of course, I change my underwear every day. But then they're working from home and maybe they don't go out. Maybe they truly did have an isolation period of time for a, a good month, month and a half where they went every few days. I'm probably good. I'm good. I can wait three days. <laughs> I would I can, imagine. I can oh. usually talk myself into wearing the same shorts a couple of times before I wash them. For example, I'm wearing uh, Under Armour workout shorts right now. I wore them one other day this week, but that's a little different because separating my dick from the shorts was my underwear and the underwear got changed. Now, if I was walking around commando, I would probably not wear these shorts a second time. It's just a rule of society that everybody needs to buy into. We can disagree on whether or not masks do or don't prevent the coronavirus. We can't disagree on whether or not changing your underwear every day is a good idea. It's just a good idea. 19% said the same thing, by the way, about their socks. Yeah, that's right up there with underwear. I don't know how you wear socks more than once. Socks feel good when you put a new pair on. That's the best part about wearing socks is the first 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you would wear previously worn socks a second time. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. When you pick your nose, what do you do with whatever you find up there? (laughs) Oh, my God. The only answer to this should be, I use a Kleenex, right? That's the only answer that should come out of it. But I'm going to guess that uh, some people said other things. Only 38% of people, only 38 said they always use a tissue and uh, then throw it away. Oh, my God. So you know what that means. Oh, my God. There's about 62% of people that are either eating or flicking. Oh, my God. And most of those people are driving in the car beside you right now. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. There was this guy that used to walk around my neighborhood, and he was an older man. And aside from him constantly picking, he was like, I wanted to just get him to a specialist immediately because anytime he would he would walk by, he wasn't very friendly to begin with. And then it would either be picking his nose deep. I mean, like no, not giving like zero fucks that people were watching him. Like he was basically giving himself a coronavirus swab. Using every finger. (laughs) Exactly. That deep using every finger on his hand and his other hand to get out whatever it was he needed out. And on top of that, he would do the. Oh, so I don't know what he had. Maybe it really was a, a, a problem, but. It just, that grosses me out so much. Like, I would actually vomit hearing him do it. Do it, And this guy used to take laps around the neighborhood all the time. It's, Maybe he can't pick it home, so when he goes for his walk, that's, that's his time to clear the sinuses. his time. But doesn't it amaze you when you see people doing things like that in public, and you think, if that's what you're doing in public, you know you're doing some nasty shit at home. A hundred percent they are. 
All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you for listening to After 9. We'll have another edition coming out tomorrow. And in the meantime, hit that subscribe button. And if you want to reach us, it's so easy to do on the gram. And get your finger out of your nose. Sickos. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.